three, two, one. Here we go. So I have I've been thinking about the intro for baseball here for quite some while now. Obviously, this is the the first couple episodes that I've been truly hosting. I've been the co-host on the basketball side. So with this one, with this being episode four of season two, I would like to give a little shout out and do this one in honor of my good buddy, Jorge. So we're going to start this one off with a rhyme here. So roses are red. Baseball is neat. Tune into this episode. You're in for a treat. <laughs> wow, Alec, Alec, you did Jorge proud. You know, good. So, that was so, yeah. You, did, you know, you did the so rare in the states family proud. Yes, it, he he showed me the ropes, and I just I felt like I needed to kind of return the favor and you know pay some respects to that sense. So, um, I've I've kind of been trying to to work on some you know consistency with this intro here, and figured I'd try something new and go with the rhyme for that. And you know, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna rhyme with the episode number, but. You know, it's ah. still it's still a rhyme nonetheless. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It, it felt good. It felt real good. You know, it's it's still early. We're only in in episode four of season two. You know, with baseball not having the you know the this the football side of things with game weeks, we are really only in game week. What is this? Five, I believe. Six. Um, game week six. Uh, so figured it can't be episode number, however many total. It's got to be episode four of of the new season in honor of how they've been doing basketball. So. With that going to officially kick this off now, Tripp and B, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, the baseball streets have been pretty strong lately. Uh, I'm pulling in rewards with my guys from last year, so I haven't felt too much pressure to to go to the market to refill any holes in my lineup, which is nice. I won like a Lane Thomas. He's been hitting for the Nationals. I won a Castellan, I want you know the I won the ultimate non sequitur and Nick Castellanos, you know, deep drive to left, and that's gonna be a three run homer. I mean, that'll make it a two run game, all that. So uh I th- I want a uh Dalton Varsho who who's just you know, the guy seems like just a big like honker, just a big like oaf, but whatever. But when bringing in cards, it's always nice. I haven't won anything big yet, but I was messing around on the leaderboards all all week, all weekend last week, which was fun. Kind of dropped at the end when my uh the Cubbies stopped hitting, but I went back to the well with another Cub stack this week. So we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I gotta say the uh, the three of us, me, you, and Chris, all had had great weeks last week in the uh, in the rewards. And I know you were kind of competing for um, for a podium for a while, and kind of just just didn't fully work out, but still, you know, Baited on Sunday night, a, night. Yeah, yeah, that, that Sunday night was kind of a, a killer. Um, Cubs bats kind of just just went silent. Which, by the way, um, is so rare in the states. Baseball officially a Chicago Cubs podcast now between Nico Horner and obviously you using. Um, a major Cubs stack to uh, to get the rewards. Are we officially a, a Cubs podcast? Or what's and Lieutenant the... Dan B. Swanson as And well. Lieutenant Dan B. Swanson. Thank you, Chris. So obviously I think that we accept the Rangers as our as our AL team. And are, are we fully on board the Cubs train? What's the, what's the plan here? Oh, yeah, man. Ian Happ, he's my guy. Nico Horner's my guy. Dansby, it's it's all, all well and good. I think I even have a Nick Madrigal card that I don't Ugh, doesn't get gross. a lot of running lineups. But yeah, but he, he does exist. Yeah, so. 
Fantastic. It's, it's, it's great to be on, you know, to, to host a podcast for this, but also where we're in agreement that we are, you know, pro Cubs here. I know on the, on the couple times I came on last year, um, I always got a lot of grief for being a Cubs fan and Chris mm-hmm. always gave me a hard time. So now that, uh, now that we officially outnumber him two to one, it, it feels good to be able to to say that we're, you know, we're pro Cubs here on a, on so we're on the state's baseball. I'm on well, whatever team of- Dansby Swanson is on. So he, he, he moved over there. You guys must be okay. I do agree with that. I love Dansby as well. And I, I do have a lot of fans in St. Louis, so I don't want, I hope I'm not betraying my, uh, very large fan base uh, in uh, in the Arch City, in the Gateway City. But, uh, I, you know, I'm liking the Cubs for so rare at the very least. So what can I say? That's fair. We'll take that. It's it's, it's still a minor victory, but you I take think it, it, uh, it definitely yeah, still exactly. counts. Yeah, it's, it's it, baseball. It's a long season. Rubbing, aren't people still throwing Bartman back at, in Cubs fans' faces? I saw the other day. Yeah, the, uh, the Marlins did a promotion. Yeah. At first I saw this, I thought it was fake, but they did a, a Steve Bartman appreciation night for the uh, the upcoming series against the Cubs, which Amazing. Um, definitely hurts a lot. But I have to say hats off to them. That is that is tremendous. Um, would love to know kind of how that conversation went within those uh, those marketing and promotion meetings. But I mean, if you're going to go into it, you might as well just go head first, dive right into it. Um, Got to have fun with it. I know last year towards the end of the year, they had a they had some matchups against obviously all the other NLEs teams. So they were um, marketing their tickets to fans of the opposing team. So it was uh, when the Mets were in town, they were you know going after Braves fans saying, hey, buy Marlins gear, come out to our games. Um, root for us because you know obviously the the Braves needed the Mets to lose the Mets needed the Braves to lose so uh, Miami had some fun with it and and hats off to them for you know really going going above and beyond it's always tough to you know create a promotion schedule just as it is but when you got to do it for 162 games go out and have fun with it uh, you know create a little bit of drama I love you showing love to the promotions team behind the scenes for sure and uh, you say hats off I say hats on because like you said they're selling gear so let's Let's go buy some hats. But uh, yeah, that is kind of a sign of the degeneracy of Florida in general that they can't even cheer for <laughs> their own team. They have to sort of play off of uh, other teams' misery to try to make a buck. But hey, whatever. Whatever works, whatever moves tickets. And, you know, obviously uh, now, with former now, Chicago now, now Cubs. I pissed off all my fans in Florida. So, you know, I'm just, I'm losing fans left and right here on the show. It's brutal. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, us Cubs fans will welcome you with open arms. So, and, yeah. you know, and, and Chris as well. So you guys are, you guys are welcome yeah. to join on. I'm, I'm wearing my, uh, my Cubs Jersey here tonight. I feel obviously like, I, feel like I, I don't want, I don't know if I want to join a, a small and dwindling group, but I, I do appreciate the invite. At the very yeah. Least. yeah, of course. It's got a, I got a big series against Oakland this week should be, uh, at least after game one, a lot of high scores from, from a lot of Cubs. That's why um, I ran back to bat, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I, I had to run him back in my super air all-star lineup. I got, I got half corner and uh and uh wisdom just r- raking up points for my super rare all-star team right now as ra- that's my three rare stack that's with the super rares and uh because the a's are just such a prime matchup right now like we 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 can delve into a little bit of the standings maybe because the a's have just sunk like a rock to the bottom of everything yeah i mean just just facing the a's alone is a great matchup but especially when you look at it and that's a four game set so right um, it's, exactly. a, it's a four game set when yeah. there's also a couple others so i mean you really get that extra game and and that's huge so um it's that's awesome the rays are all or not the rays excuse me the a's 
are also one nine in their last 10. They've lost five in a row. Um, their Ooh. expected wins and losses also three and 14, which just so happens to be their record. So yeah. um, it, it kind of, this, this was expected. Bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, and, and as the saying in money ball goes, there's rich teams, there's poor teams, then there's 50 feet of crap and then there's us. So that, yeah. uh, that us is the Oakland A's. So um, if you're just kind of looking for general scouting and, and so rare advice, if you've got a guy that's facing the Rays, especially with the four game set, um, by all means, you know, stack up on that on that team. And, you know, it's so far it's proved out well. I would imagine it, it right. continues because, I mean, the A's are going nowhere fast. And I mean, they've got some young guys on that team. I mean, Asturi, Asturi Ruiz um, has been off to kind of a, a hot start and a, a hot prospect for them. But I mean, really, other than that, they have no starting pitching. They have no bullpen. Um, they traded away all their other big guys, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. I mean, all those guys were on the same roster at one point and they mm-hmm. couldn't put it together. So they they dealt it. And now the A's are just kind of a, you know, a team that's kind of there. It's a nice little cupcake on that schedule that we can kind of exploit for our right. for our lineups. Yeah, man. And I, I, you know, I, like I said, I think as we're recording this, I think it's early in game two of that four game set. Right. So we're all kind of hoping for. Bigger, better things from our from our uh, from our cubbies here in, in this matchup. They're they're not doing so hot in game two as they did in game one, but I I think they'll pick it up. But it's tough to see the A's struggle. I, I just have a, a soft spot in my heart for the A's. I guess a little bit uh, from growing up and watching Ricky Henderson and being a, being a fan of him. But ultimately, I'm a Texas Ranger fan at heart. So. They've had the days have had their days, and it's not it's nice to see them as like a team to pick on uh, and just go after. Basically, is what I'm the point I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, especially being in that same division, you know the. Um, I, I also I owe you an apology though. Now that I look at the uh, the you, standings look, here, I look forward to this apology. Yeah, I, in a, when we first recorded our episode this year, um, so I guess it would have been episode two, you said that the Texas Rangers were your American League pick, and I kind of thought that you were joking, but. Uh, I mean, we're we're six weeks into, the, or I guess three weeks, four weeks into the season. Um, they're still in first place of the AL West. So um, I apologize for not taking you seriously. You know that uh, that was kind of a, a sneaky pick that I don't think a lot of people saw. Um, a lot of people had the the F or the Rangers doing well, and you know the Grom going out with injury last night is is definitely a bummer. But um, they they got a lot of young talent on that team. Marcus Semyon's an absolute dog. Um, I, I believe Corey Seager's still there, if I'm not mistaken, or if, if he yeah, left. Yeah, um, took a knock the other day, but yeah, everybody's hitting 12 runs tonight against the Royals at last at, last, at time, time of this recording. They may add some more. I'm not sure, but uh, they they are just hitting and hitting. But the pitching has not been bad. The, you know, it's 12 to two. You know, they're beating they're beating up on teams and and holding teams down low in runs and also putting up a lot of runs on them. So, and it's funny you mentioned the Rangers because guess who they get to play next? Those the Oakland athletics <laughs> that we just mentioned. Yeah. We bring it all full circle in this show, like a bunch, like the pros that we are. And uh, to just tell you that if you're, if you're on the market, might be time to look, uh, pick up a couple Ranger bats. Like you said, you mentioned Semyon went off today. Leody Tavares just recently came back from uh, injury and he's starting to get in the lineup. He's starting to hit. So they're getting contributions from up and down the lineup. You can kind of pick and choose uh, your your poison, your bat there that you that you want. Really, uh, I don't know. The Ra- the Rangers are doing it. I'm I'm a fan, so I guess I guess I'm biased because, like I said, I am I am a fan, and I'm not the best fan. I'll I'll admit to being a bad fan a little bit over the years <laughs> uh, because when they're really bad, when the Rangers really start to suck, then I just kind of can can check out and like not really 
pay too much attention, but they're they're finally back. Adolis Garcia is hitting. Josh Young, the rookie. Uh, you know, Nathaniel Lowe. All these guys are good cards to be owning. I'm a little bit pissed that Josh Young's uh, cards in the 2023 edition are also are also branded rookie cards. Since I bought one at the end of last year, he had a few mints late last season that were like rookie cards, and it's like those are the true rookies to me. Even though these New Year uh, 2023 ones are shiny and pretty and like they look really good. I don't like the fact that they're also branded rookie card. I think that's cheap. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good point. You know, I know kind of to quality, he's, he's still technically a rookie this year, but it is kind of weird to see that he has a year one rookie and a year two rookie as well. Right. It's just um, like, even though technically he qualifies, but it's just kind of from a user and a visual standpoint, it is kind of weird to see that, you know, crossover into both. And it does kind of, well, some guess, of us in invested, way, you know, we invested our hard earned, you know, fake money uh, Ethereum in <laughs> in uh into uh buying his rookie cards last year because we thought we were getting you know a short mint you know like a limited edition rookie card of a guy who's threatening to become a, a big American League slugger for the next five years so yeah it kind of sucks that Sower screwed us there with uh, just di- hurting our scarcities and and also making the other version shiny just it's, you know it's like come on we're, it's lame yeah definitely a, a little you know I'm disappointing that's and- my grievance of the week. If last if last last week my grievance of the week was the scheduling and the game weeks not being uh, sequential from la- uh, going on from last year, this week it's Josh Young's rookie being uh, two 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 different rookie cards. Yeah, and we made it ten minutes into the episode this week before we got to that. So you know we're making progress on that, which is which is always fun. But by all means, keep firing those things away because it it is fun. It's just a good talking point, but. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to see that they doubled up on the rookie cards, especially given the fact that there were some rookies last year that just simply never got cards. I mean, Hayden Westnewski from the Cubs, we who mentioned earlier, um, never really got his his cards last year in year one. I don't believe so, at least. Well, during the season it was taking place, he never had one. Um, even mm-hmm. though he was called up in early September, I don't believe he ever actually had one in the offseason. Um, so he has his true rookie card this year, even though last year he made his appearances. He didn't pitch enough to kind of lose his rookie status. Um, but it's it's kind of weird to see that they continued the rookie mints for guys that played last year. Um, and right. then on the flip side, that there were guys that never got mints, but then also it carried over to this year. So um, just kind of the the lack of consistent, the consistency in that sense mm-hmm. where – you know, guys are playing and they're not getting those cards minted, but then, you know, they only have the one rookie card, but then you have guys that do play and you're rewarded for, you know, you're making that investment to go out, you pick up that year one rookie. And now all of a sudden when they produce new cards, it's shiny, it's new, it's flashy. You get that extra, you know, in-season bonus. And on top of that, now you also see that rookie card. So definitely understand the, uh, you know, the frustration on that for sure. Well, hey, I'll, I'll always know what the true rookie is. And I will, I will look down my nose at anyone who tries to tell me that they also own a rookie when it's the uh, 2023 editions. Yeah, the uh, the streets will never forget. But I mean, that kind of that kind of brings someday, up a yeah. good point. <laughs> Some, um, someday, is, like 25 years from now, when so rare cards actually become collectibles. Yeah, down that line, though, once once we get that far, maybe not necessarily, you know, 25 years. Maybe it's only you know three, four, five years. However many in the future, <laughs> do you think that down the line there's going to be more collectability? You know, for those, I guess you could call it a true rookie card where it's that year one rookie where, you know, that may be kind of worth a little bit more as opposed to the the year two rookie that has the um, the rookie card on it. But it's it's still technically not that very first mint. Do you think kind of down the line, those those year twos kind of take away? Do you think it evens out kind of what are what are your thoughts on the uh, collectability value of that? 
I think almost, you know, kind of impossible to predict, but it's just about like what people end up valuing. The market will decide if if that's not a cop out answer, like just depends what people end up chasing and wanting to go for. If it was, if it was up to me, I'd probably say the shinier one, the 2023s I would predict uh, are more popular, but you know, since I own a 2022, I'll probably, you know, my bias is pretty easy to determine. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair, especially, I mean, just kind of looking at Josh Jung's card this year to last year. I mean, just how how different the card design is from this year to last year. I mean, last year, all yeah. you really had for a rookie was the the tiny little blue RC in the top left-hand corner, whereas mm-hmm. this year, you know, you also get, you know, a little bit of hint of pink in the background on on at least the limiteds. Um, you kind of get that little hint. And even on the the rares, too, you're still getting that as well. So um, I think getting the the shiny new card for some people is going to be a little more valuable in the sense. But on the flip side of that, if you're kind of looking at, you know, a guy like him who has two different rookies and you see the one that not only is his first rookie, but it also has that year one edition on it. I think in that sense, the year one kind of okay. kind of steps up. Okay. Um, but as we go from, you know, year two to year three, when you don't have that year one tag on it. Um, and you get those September call-ups that maybe they get a handful of mints um, later in this year that have that rookie card and then starting year three. I think that's kind of when it becomes um, really just a, just which card looks cleaner, which card looks, you know, nicer, it's shiny uh-huh. and new. So, you know, comparing year one to year two, I, I got to tip my hat to, you know, year one because it does have that year one on there. Um, but I think once we kind of get a little more down the line and each card becomes a little more standard, I think then it just becomes simply a, you know, hey, which of these cards looks cooler? So when I show someone my gallery, this thing, it pops out, it looks nice. Um, it's just, it's different from, you know, kind of the the standard looking cards as well. Yeah, all interesting thoughts. Yeah, it, I, I hope so, Rich sticks around long enough. I, I hope human civilization sticks around long enough for uh, <laughs> so rare cards to become uh, valued collectibles and, and, and have stuff like that matter. Right now, it's all kind of speculative and we can talk about what may or may not matter and we don't really know because... We have to, the passage of time has to happen. We have to, we have to get there. There's no way to skip. There's no way to like simulate the season and just end up there at that <laughs> end point. So uh, we got to stick with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, as it were, to get back to the original point, be, uh, taking off point of this conversation, go Rangers. Glad they're dom- dominating the AL West early this season. The Rays finally losing some games. What do you think? Like, are the, are the Rays knocked off their perch at, with that kind of start? Do you, do you foresee them continuing to stay hot and just, and just keep grinding? All right, time to start a new win streak, or uh, are they going to come back to the pack a little bit? I, I think they're going to come back to the pack a little bit. I mean, it was just announced today that Jeffrey Springs needs, uh, I believe it was Tommy John surgery, so he's Ooh, done for the year, um, which is a huge like loss for them. Yeah, I mean, he really kind of had a, a coming out party this year, really bursted onto the scene, or scene um, which is, is crazy because it feels like with the Rays, like, Every year they find a new pitcher that just comes out of nowhere and is an absolute stud. Like, I, I don't know where these guys come from. I don't know what they do in the minor leagues. I don't know if they just, these guys grow on trees for the Rays organization. Every year it feels like they have someone new. I mean, they they made Blake Snell into a stud. Tyler Glass now the same thing. I mean, a lot yeah. of, and most of these guys are also former Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's very possible that, that that's also <laughs> a thing too. Um, I know with Garrett Cole, it was kind of the, kind of the same way as well, but I'm interested. It feels like the Rays always have multiple guys that they can just turn to, whether it's a starter, whether it's a reliever that just kind of appears out of nowhere in a sense. 
and just becomes an absolute yeah. stud that you can throw out in late inning games that you can trust to go six or seven innings, you know, in a, in a key spot. Um, or if it's the world series, maybe you pull them an inning too early and go to your bullpen and you lose a big game in the world series, you know, just, just using that as a, um, hypothetical example, obviously not calling out the, you know, the Blake Snell call from a couple of years ago, just kind of a, a general made up hypothetical situation in that sense. No, you would never do that. You would never. No, it's just, yeah. I mean, if if your stud's throwing and you're, you're doing very well, he's keeping you in the game, you know, definitely, definitely keep him in the game for as long as you can. I mean, if, if you pull him, you know, who knows what could actually, no, I think you should pull him because, you know, if you keep him in too long, he gives up a home run then. Oh, well, but if you pull him, guess what? You can trust your bullpen. That loss isn't on him. So I think, uh, I think Kevin cash is still losing sleep over, uh, over that long walk out to the, uh, hypothetically wow. that long walk out to the mound to I, potentially make a, uh, you're, just, a you're the silent assassin. You're the silent assassin over there, Alec. You're just dropping bombs on people. O- only people that understand what you're talking about right now. We'll understand just how much fire you're absolutely spitting on on uh, Kevin Cash and others in this scenario right now. So yeah, gotta gotta throw it out there with the Rays, but uh, no, <laughs> I, I do think they they come down a little bit. I think they still obviously when you're starting off um, fifteen and three, that's that's an incredible start to the season. Yeah. So um, I think they come down to earth a little bit. I still think they can kind of continue it going on as well. I mean, they're they were ten and zero at home. They haven't lost at home, so even for, you know, a team with a terrible ballpark and not great, you know, fan attendance that the players are still showing out, they're doing their part. So, you know, hopefully for, for the player sense, the fans kind of get some, get some interest in it, start attending games for that, especially, but I mean, they're, they're still scoring runs. They're not giving up a lot. And um, I, I, I feel like in a way we kind of jinxed to them. Um, I know the, the title of our, of our episode last week is about how the Rays couldn't lose and they're just, they're red hot um, <laughs> hey. and they've lost hey. three games since. So uh, you gotta be prisoners of the moment in the in this so rare podcasting world for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, so I, I yeah, the, I mean, uh, I, I feel like we jinxed it, but on the same time, we accept no responsibility that uh, that that's not on us. So you know, I, th- I think we're free and clear on that. That's true. Uh, I mean, there's I completely agree. There's a lot of bunched upness uh, in the standings, and it is way too early to to really be you know standings watching. But I do look for like outliers. I notice you know. KC at four and fourteen stands out right down there at the bottom with the A's. Mm-hmm. Another team that you can definitely pick on in terms of your so rare matchups when you're just like looking for like you know who to stack against is just like put three or two you know between two and four bats against KC and the A's in your uh, in your rare American League lineup and you're gonna probably be uh, having a reward. You got to figure. Uh, National League, nothing really stands out. The Nationals are kind of sinking. The Rockies are bad, but the 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 West, the NL West, I think is going to undergo major shifts. So I'm not really that's a total mirage. But Braves, thirteen and four, they're right up there. They're they're you know pushing the Rays for best record in baseball right now. Yeah, I mean right now they're they're only a what are they a half game back, a game back, I guess technically of uh, of that for best record, and they kind of you know very sneakily kind of doing that and. Um, Kyle Wright's coming back soon. Um, Max Fried also. So, I mean, the, the Braves are getting healthy again and, mm-hmm. you know, hand up. I, I thought there'd be a little bit of regression losing Dansby Swanson last year, but, uh, or after last year, I should say for, for this year, but I mean, they're, they're getting those guys healthy. I mean, we Spencer love Strider. Yeah. Spencer Strider still a stud. Um, Dansby now is the, one of the, the best, arguably the best, um, in my opinion, as a, as a non-biased Cubs fan, I think Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner are the best shortstop and uh, second base tandem in the league. But wow. again, is that's there, just as a non-biased. Isn't there a Cubs button? Fan. 
do, can we just get a button that we can push that, that that has you saying that? It's like it's like your you know, that's your robot response. We pull your string and that and that those words in those uh, that order come out of your mouth. Yeah, right, right up the middle. It's it's just a recording each week of uh of just yeah, me saying. We know that. we know about Swanson and Horner and the, yeah. the, the double play. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> Gotta gotta enjoy it while we can, but yeah, I mean the the Braves have definitely you know surprised me. At, you know early at our our preseason picks, I, I had them still making the playoffs and potentially winning that division, but for them to start this hot um, is is definitely mm-hmm. great. You know after losing those guys and with some with some injuries too. So I mean they're they're in it for the long haul. The the Mets are obviously the Mets with uh, as long as you got Steve Cohen as your owner, you're always in a division race and competing for a pennant when when your owner's willing to write blank checks for absolutely anybody and anybody, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Todd Bowley, but it actually works in that sense. So um, it's kind of a, a fun little comparison for, for crossover for baseball and, and on the football side of things as well. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little early to, to fully standings watch, but I mean, I think one of the, the things to really look at rather than direct wins and losses is kind of like what we were looking at last week with expected wins, losses, but then even still, um, is runs allowed and runs scored kind of when you're targeting guys to to look at. Mm-hmm. So you know, using the the Oakland A's as an example, um, 135 runs allowed. The next closest is 104. So that's right. Which is tied for the White Sox and Colorado, which Colorado makes sense. Obviously, you're in the the higher altitude, sure. but um, I mean, to have that big of a differential this early in the season, I think is definitely something to kind of attack early on. Um, so with the the Rangers series coming up, I think that would definitely be, you know, kind of kind of some guys to target there for sure. And um, especially with the Rangers playing good ball right now, too. You know, they're seven and three in their last 10. Um, they've won three in a row. I guess that's going to probably update to four once this uh, KC games goes final, if it hasn't just yet. Um, but yeah, just definitely. Definitely kind of a, a team to target. And, uh, you know, it's it's always interesting for, you know, when you're looking to scout and set your lineups and for matchups and all that. And in baseball, especially, like you can be facing a bad team, but if they have a guy like Max Scherz or Jacob deGrom, Spencer Strider, if you put those guys on bad teams, that team's still going to have, you know, success in some sense when those guys pitch. But with the Oakland A's, there's just, there's no one in that starting rotation or that bullpen that makes me ner- nervous at all. So, I mean, you can you can load up, you can stack against the Oakland A's night in and night out, and I think you can feel totally confident and comfortable that uh, you know that that your lineup's going to have have some big success, which is which is huge when uh you know kind of trying to find the uh the differential, and especially with uh with how big stacking can be in baseball too. Yeah, the other thing I want to get your your thoughts on. Obviously, we know about stacking, we know about playing matchups, and the, and these are the ones we're targeting right now: Oakland, KC, Nat, you know, Washington Nationals. Those are the the teams you want to have your cards going against, but uh, we we wanted to talk a little bit. Also, I want to get your thoughts on uh, All Star versus Pro and how that split is working out for you so far in the first few weeks of this new season. And are you finding it's better to if you have an all rare lineup? You know, are you going to put it in Pro or All Star? Or you know, like are you going to save your best rares and put them in All Star with your best limiteds? rather than sacrifice them to pro what where's your contest selection fill out i know it's kind of like it's going to be very individual subjective kind of decision that everyone has to make based on how their gallery is built but just knowing that you are a guy with you know mostly limited who's moving into rare can you get into a, a lineup a contest with all rares or what do you think 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'll kind of, I'll look at it from, from both sides with my kind of current standpoint, but then also where I hope to get within the rare division. Mm -hmm. um, so right now I've bought a couple of cards this year as well. So I can now finally put together a, a full rare lineup. Mm -hmm. um, however, on the flip side of that, I don't necessarily feel confident enough where if I threw that a straight rare lineup in either all-star or pro um, that it would be fully competitive. You know, I have, you know, Nico Horner, Cody Bellinger, um, a right. couple bigger he names, obviously David yeah. Bednar, who I've, I've plugged a ton, but you know, I don't know if it's enough to be fully competitive. So from that standpoint, I'd rather stay within all-star play the minimum of the four rares that I like the best for that matchup and then throw in my next three um, limiteds that I can get. So, I mean, this week I have CJ Crone and JT Real Muto who both have four game sets as well. So, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice that, that extra percentage for the dropping down in a scarcity if it means that I'm more comfortable within scores. Um, but I think kind of once I, once I fully get into a, you know, a more competitive rare lineup, um, it, 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 I kind of go back and forth on it. Um, having the ETH within Rare Pro or really just any pro competition, I think is is a huge recruitment tool for kind of determining that. Um, yeah. Then on the flip the side, ETH, I think more people also, you know, put their best lineups in pro for that. So if you're, it, it depends on your lineup, but you could also then throw your best lineup in All-Star instead and hope to get a better reward because you know that there's less competitive cards within, um, within All-Star instead. But you know, I, I think what makes baseball for so rare so fun is you can have a guy who hits ninth and just randomly hits two home runs, and that's what wins you a reward. So if you have that guy in your all rare or all limited or whatever lineup and mm -hmm. you throw him in pro and no one else has him, that's gonna be the difference for bumping you up. So even if your you know your lineup isn't necessarily the best um or most competitive, it's those random guys that hit seven, eight, nine that randomly, you know, pop off for, for a game or two, that can be you know, the difference between not winning anything or all of a sudden now you're on the podium. Um, you know, kind of like what happened with you with, I believe it was Jake McCarthy last year who kind of just had that unreal series. Yeah. Um, ended up pushing you towards the top. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's stealing kind of, bases at, at, at whim. It was great. He needs to get back to that form. He was doing it at the end of last year for sure. Yeah, he's been off to a slow start, which is which is kind of disappointing too, because the uh, the Diamondbacks have been pretty hot this year. So yeah, you know that yeah. that's a very young team to keep an eye on. And, Marte you know, is hitting. I would I would have assumed that McCarthy would be would be a part of that, but it, as of now, it, it doesn't really look like it. Um, he's no, still he's getting the at bats in the playing time, so it's it's he's gonna sitting come out baseballs. too. Yeah, he he's sitting out. He's sitting like every fourth game too, so that kind of sucks. But yeah. It's, it's tough, you but you know, hopefully, when you get later on in the season, he's now playing, you know, those those four game sets without any rest, and you know that can be huge for, you know, down the line, or even when you get the double header. You know, obviously, you know, you, you can't rest everyone for a double header, so there are going to be some guys that play both legs. But if you got a guy that plays both of those in the double header, that can be that can be huge for a game week where you know where some guys are resting and now they're only getting three. And you can fully take advantage of that extra fourth game. That can be that can be the difference between winning a reward and missing out. Phillies White Sox doubleheader earlier today, but yeah. So in my situation, I, I I like that. I like your thoughts there on sort of like sacrificing, not trying to squeeze too. Like one good lineup is better than two mediocre lineups. Basically, mm -hmm. it's like the way that you've kind of illuminated it. And it's it's similar for me. I have I have exactly five super rare cards. I think right, and three are pitchers. No, six, excuse me, and three are starters. One's a reliever, two are hitters. So I have to play like those two hitters, 
hope I have a starting pitcher and play my reliever, Eric Swanson, like every week. And so I play three rares in that super rare all-star division. And I have to make the decision, like, do I put good rares in there and like, like waste them against like everybody else's super rares if they don't Mm -hmm. pan. And like, if my mediocre super rares don't pan out, then I've wasted like potentially good rares or do, you know, so that's decision-making I have to do with the contest selection. I have enough rares now. I've gotten to enough where I can like, play i can do like a full all-star and pro teams and then i can usually get like one american league or one national league team by mixing in a few limiteds with that but um i try to have all rare cards in all-star even though you can do limiteds i try to get like all use all my rares there if i can because of the the scoring bonus is a little higher and I just want to save my my best limiteds for you know the limited division uh, 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 that I'm also entering. So yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too. And you know, I, I kind of overlooked that and you know, and kind of my thoughts on it too is you know, if I use my better limiteds in that rare all star, I now can't use them in my limited competition. Right. So, exactly. Obviously, as you work up the scarcities, you're kind of right. you're taking that risk in the sense of do I put them and lose that percent boost you know, when I bump them up a scarcity, but then on the flip side, now I can't use those, you know, working down. So I, I think it a, really depends on the confidence in the the rest of those guys in that lineup. There's ETH to be one in, in limited pro also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not much, it's not flashy, but uh, ETH is still, it's still ETH. It helps you buy, you, buy yeah, more yeah, cards buy you and all that. Card, so yeah. your collection further. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just every little bit counts. And, you know, if you win a little bit here, a little bit there, you just, you keep saving up and now all of a sudden you're buying rare cards from limited competitions and so on and so forth. So, you know, definitely a, a lot of strategy in that as well. And and kind of about strategy and just, just buying cards in general. I know you really haven't, haven't bought ones this year, um, but I'm not sure if you've noticed this. I know last year with what felt like a lot of different cards is a lot of cards had a dual eligibility at multiple different position slots. Yeah, for sure. Um, this year, other than Shohei Otani, which he's kind of the the unicorn in the sense where he gets DH and he gets starting pitcher, I don't think I've seen a single year two card that has a player having multiple positions on there. It looks really? like everything is just one. Look, yeah. Um, unless That's I've missed one, but I mean, I I haven't seen one yet. I mean, there's guys that last year had it and this year do not. So. Um, it's, it's something that I don't know if that was planned on Sawyer's part, or if that's just kind of a, you know, that's the direction it's going like Owen Miller, for example, from the Brewers last year, he had first base, second base and DH this year. I believe he only has first base. So, um, that's an example. It's, you know, I know there were some starting pitchers last year that had both starter and reliever this year. They just went to a straight one or the other. Um, Gavin Lux had second base and outfield. He's only got a, got outfield on that. Um, Eric Haas, who from uh, from Detroit as well, had catcher and outfield. They only limited it to one. Um, and even Darton, Dalton Varsho, who you know you won as your award. And uh, cool. I have him in fantasy baseball. He can play catcher and he can play outfield. But in so rare, you have to pick one or the other. So um, it, it's kind of disappointing that they got rid of it. I'm not sure if you know there are still some guys out there that I just I completely missed, um, or if it's just kind of something that that they fully did get rid of um, to kind of in some sense, level the playing field and kind of get rid of the, you know, I know that the Strider was a huge thing that people used last year to exploit that by throwing him at reliever. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if that was kind of the, the mindset behind it, or if it's also just because 
you know, guys don't necessarily play multiple positions enough to technically qualify for certain, you know, statistics. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure kind of on the, on the big thought process behind it, but it is a little frustrating as you're kind of buying new year two cards and you look at year one, you know, not having as much oh, yeah. flexibility within a lineup. Yeah. My Wilmer Flores, first base, second base, third base, DH, you know, you play, you can play anywhere. Uh, yeah. I love, I love Will. I love my Wilmer card. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I don't know if necessarily if it, we'll have to see later. One thing I know is, you know, guys gain eligibility at different positions, right. As they, mm-hmm. uh, play it during the season. So if a guy is filling in a position for, for 12 games or so, then he'll gain eligibility for fantasy purposes. And it will we'll be interesting to see what so rare does there in terms of, did they then start making split positions or do they, do they just change up a guy's position wholeheartedly? Then we'll know if they, if they still don't add like dual position on outfielder cards or, you know, like field player cards uh, mm-hmm. later in the season, then we'll probably know that it was like a quiet closing of the loophole and they're just, they just want to stick guys. I mean, if they already have pretty lax uh, position, roster construction requirements in terms of you know corner infielder instead of like having to always have a the first baseman and a third baseman and stuff like that so right but yeah, I, I mean, i'm I fine think... i'm glad i'm glad they got rid of rp slash sp i think that that needed to go for sure couldn't agree oh. more that was that was the one i think if you're gonna get rid of one of those i think that was the one that needs to get done um but like darton varsho from last year he had catcher outfielder and dh so he's hitting any single hitter position that you need um, when setting your lineup. And then even like a bigger name, like Aaron judge last year had outfield and DH this year, he just has outfield. So yeah, mm-hmm. not sure if it's, they have to hit a certain amount before. So rare is going to start minting those cards, but if that's how they kind of handle it, I feel like it's better in a way to kind of wait for cards to, you know, if you're going to buy a year two Aaron judge, let's say, you know, maybe wait until he gets that DH eligibility so he can yeah. be corner infield or outfield. Or um, it, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how they how they attack yeah. that. Because if I bought a year two card on day one of year two, and you know, two months into the season, now that same card has more eligibility at different positions. But because I bought on day one, I don't get that. That would definitely be you know very frustrating. So I think definitely something to to kind of keep an eye on and see how they. Um, how they kind of attack that in a sense. And if they add those later, or if it's just a true, we're shutting the door, whatever they have on day one for opening day, that's what they get. Yeah, I think you're right. And they haven't really communicated that one way or another. We're going to have to get uh, David Bytow back on the show here sometime very soon. Well, producer Chris, can you get on? The, can you book us Bytow, please? So we can uh, put him to the grit, grill him on a few things that he didn't get to answer on Reddit earlier this year. But all with... Um... With uh, there's there's no pre-approved questions. It'll all be live and total totally unscripted. But we do. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the general thoughts there. Obviously, you know we we've covered the standings there a little bit. Um, trying to to kind of look at the scoreboard here to see if there's anything notable. The uh, you know the Cubs and A's is still zero zero in the bottom of the fifth. So brutal. Of course the uh the you know the day that we hype everything up. I know. Um, that that's pretty big. Um, I'm not going to say what's going too. on. Um, obviously this will already be done, but if you are a Atlanta Braves fan, um, at this point in time, as we're recording, you should probably turn on the game. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say what's going on or anything like that. Obviously when this, when this launches, that game will be over. Um, so I, I cannot be responsible for any potential jinx that, uh, that occurs there, but, I'll say um, 
at this at this very moment, you should probably turn on that game. If you're a Braves fan, um, if you're a Padres fan who are playing the Braves, I'm so sorry. Keep the turn faith. On your replay you guys can of it, still yeah. do this. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's that's kind of the big thing. We got our uh, our big boy David Bednar is going to come out for a closing or a safe situation here in Colorado for the Pirates. So that's something to to definitely keep an eye on. But How about uh, those you know, Pirates, that, you know, trying trying yeah, to do it. They've They've stayed hot, and especially after losing O'Neill Cruz, a lot of people kind of had him, you know, myself included, had him dead in the water. But uh, they've they've definitely been a surprise team. They're ten and seven right now, expected win loss and nine and eight. So you know, not too far off. And can someone please um, tell the Pirates that they stink? Like, come on, we don't we don't <laughs> want the ticket prices to go up. These are these are fun games to go to because they're like so cheap. Yeah, yeah. they need to stop winning games. No, you want there's there's nothing quite like having a winning baseball team in your city. It's just like there's a vibe that kind of floats through the air, and everybody. Uh, the vibe is Andrew McCutcheon, and Andrew yeah. McCutcheon is back. Gotcha. True. It's like he never yes, left. Yeah, Kutch is back, and that that that's just huge for I think you know Pittsburgh fans as well, just to kind of kind of see a big name star like that come to I guess what you could could consider a small market team. I don't really know if if I consider Pittsburgh a is small Kutch, market, is but Kutch still a big name star. I. Th- Bigger name, I guess. Big name I mean, he's in Pittsburgh. He's won an MVP. Yeah, he's a huge Absolutely name not in a Pittsburgh. Big name, so. Like now, though. Yeah, now he's, he's, he's very kind of eh. But it, yeah. it's still Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, he won an MVP. He's coming back to the team that he did it. So um, well, everyone crushed. in the city is is very excited. But uh, it, it is fun to see the uh, all the memes and all that because I know everyone hates the uh, the Pirates owner. Um, and I'm sure he was very upset when he he realized that everyone already had Andrew McCutcheon jerseys and would not have to buy <laughs> new ones. Um, once he re-signed so that was kind of a, a fun little time yeah. on social media when that when that uh was first announced as well that's great i love that yeah. I, anytime you can get revenge against the greedy billionaire class owners i'm happy to, <laughs> to see it happen. it's it's always a good time but uh shall we uh shall we jump into our card swaps here what are we thinking yeah let's card swap it might as well uh you want if you're ready to go go i'm call, i got my page called up here I will go first as well. So I, I recently picked up a Thai France as a, a reward this week. Um, but in okay. doing so, I now realized I have too many corner infielders. So um, I have Arenado, Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, and Matt Chapman. So uh, yeah. only one of those guys is going to consistently start in my lineup. Every week it's going to have to be Arenado. So okay. we're going we're gonna to swap Trey for, or Ty France, excuse me, and, and kind of see what we get here. Um, we got Aaron Nola, Andres Jimenez, Brandon Nemo, uh, Hunter Brown and Starling Marte, um, wow. just right off the rip. I mean, that's, that's very impressive. I'm, I'm a big fan of this here. Um, I don't necessarily feel great about it, but I'm going to have to go with Jimenez from the guardians because I do need some additional backup at a, at middle infielder. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I've got Trey Turner right now. So Turner's kind of a, yeah. a lock in that, in that sense, but um, any any consideration kind of case, for Nola? Yeah. Start building the start building the pitching depth. Or you, I had Aaron Nola. Um, I actually I ended up swapping him for Dylan Cease. So okay. um, I still have Dylan Cease and Dustin May. Those are my my two guys on the on the starter side. Um, I just I don't really think it's worth it to fully load up, especially now that we are limited on how many commons we can have. I believe they upped it from eleven to fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Or was it 15 to 20? Um, so yeah, just I, I'd rather kind of bulk up on those other positions, knowing that I already have the the two ace pitchers for um, you know, for starting pitcher, especially since there's only the one competition. And 
you know, I, I already have a ton of, of backup uh, starting pitchers as well from my limited and rares that are kind of filling my training lineup. So um, if they're not going to play anyways, they're really not going to fit in my training lineup. Might as well kind of, kind of find someone that that could All potentially right. play. So I have a question about the the limit on the number of common cards. What is, what does that like look like when you enter a common competition and you supposedly win like a tier one, let's say, and you already have 15 cards. Do you like have to discard something or like what what does that actually look like? Can you still win new stuff? Like if I have a tier five, like really shitty card and I win a tier one, what don't don't I want to like get rid of that or trade That's, it or something? I don't think they've addressed that yet, have they? I know in the I mean, Discord they said that they updated. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to find the post right now. Like that, what does uh, it look like posted. when you get to that that like limit? Yeah, I didn't really I didn't think of that. Um, let's see. So from John Sorare on Oops. April 14th, change to common card cap based on your feedback. Managers will now be able to collect 26 common cards. Um, so the original was 15. But yeah, I mean, given the fact that you win a common card every week just for joining the competition, I mean, once you get to that number, do you do you pick a card that you discard or do you just stop winning rewards? Kind of what's the what's the plan there? Because yeah, if you get a tier five. I mean, you're obviously not going to be able to swap them for anything. I don't want my aerobic challenge. So, like, we need yet, yet more reason to get Bytel back on the show next week. Producer Chris, that is that is all on you. Next buddy. week you is can... a tall task, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll you, see. You've got seven days to make it happen. It's I have so, full it's faith so great in you. to just be able to hand out homework assignments. Yeah, like that. It's great. <laughs> okay, well, I like it. I I I have I have a Aaron Nola limited. <laughs> And I have Brandon Nemo rare, so I'm, I'm I I like Brandon Nemo a lot. I would have thought maybe you could go to him, but let's see. I, who am I going to trade in? I got probably my I you know I've got my my Mullins, Stephen Kwan. Mullins could go. He's kind of hot, you know. He might he might start to struggle. Uh, these are the guys that I've been winning, you know. Um, my draft guys are like Albies, Vargas, Josh Jung, Acuna, Semyon. I don't think I want to trade into my superstar bats. My pitchers are Cease and Clevenger. I that's maybe too many White Sox pitchers, right? Do I trade out one trade in one of these pitchers? Yeah, I think you could. I mean, Clevenger also, I mean, aside from Cease, as far as just overall success on that White Sox staff has has had the most success outside of Cease. But yeah, I mean, you could kind of get screwed there if if both of those guys pitch within the same game week, then you're in some trouble right. in the next one. So yeah, I, right. I think it makes, kinda, it makes my comment seem a little fragile. I feel like I don't want to be relying just on, on these two chumps. So, so you, who do I trade the mustache or the hair? I think you got to get rid of the hair. I mean, Dylan Cease is, is just Dylan Cease. I, I, I think he won the A. No, he lost the Cy Young last year to Verlander. That's right. Um, but I, I think you keep Cease just because he truly is an ace. Um, and since you already have enough big bats, I don't know if you're right. really, if it's worth it to get rid of an ace and then get another big bat just to kind of sit on the bench. So yeah, I think uh, get rid of Clevenger, get rid of him while he's hot and, you know, kind of yeah. see what you can get. I got some bad choices. Unfortunately, I did get your boy, Eric Cosmer from the Cubbies. Nice. Uh, I got Joe Mantiply, a uh, reliever who could always help my training issues. A uh, Akil Badu for the Tigers, Sam Hilliard, a couple outfielders that don't really do anything for me. Then I got Nathan Eovaldi, starting pitcher for the Rangers. I mean, I got to go. I think we have our answer. I got to go for a Ranger. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well do it. 
Can I give you guys my uh, my swap? Because I just did my swap as yeah, well. Yeah, give us a swap. Yeah, I want to I want to get in as part of the as part of the action, right? So I, I have a little log jam at corner infield, right? I picked Devers, Jose Ramirez, and I won an Austin Riley. And then last week I won Pete Alonso. So I don't I don't like Pete Alonso as a as a Met. Um, so we're getting rid of Pete Alonso, and my options to turn him into our Trey Turner. Matt Olson, Jose Ramirez, which again, I already have one, Spencer Strider, um, and somebody else who I've forgotten. I remember there were two Braves. That's a lot of good options. Lot Is of Matt Olson still on the Braves? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you're I mean, going to go with either him or Strider just because it's so the Braves. It would give me Acuna, uh, Riley, Olson, and Sean Murphy. So I'd have a four man Braves staff yeah, yeah. for those weeks. But you got to do it. I'm, I, eh. I, I feel I feel like I, I feel like I went with Trey Turner instead. You so, did say yeah. that Trey Turner would finish the year with the most so rare points. Yeah. So I think you do kind of I'm have to really high on Trey Turner. I'm really high on him. He's hitting 300 this year. He hasn't really stolen that many bases yet, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I now have him and Zandy B. And then Sean Murphy is is kind of an emergency middle infielder, but I'm I'm really liking my death so far. I mean, that's a solid common team this early into the year. So you you absolutely nailed your draft. And I mean, you've got some great rewards from that, too. So hats off to you. Good, sir. Yeah, I had a huge yeah. draft and then I've got two uh, two tier ones already. Plus a limit. We, so. we just need to find out what happens when you get above 25. Yeah, I'm not allowed to wish anymore. So I think that was the end. <laughs> <laughs>